Um, if you still have the, the picture from the last class we had on a Sunday where I showed you the postures of the prayer compared to the postures in yoga, I will reference that today, but I won't resend it to you, being that I've already sent it to you and you see it. If you erased it and you don't have it no more and can't remember what I'm talking about, let me know. And when I get to that part, I'll resend the picture to you so you have a visual. But if you still have it, want to look at it, don't want to look at it, the, the point is I know I've sent it to you and you've seen it so you'll understand what I'm talking about without me having to resend it to you again. Okay? Um, so in store for, and uh, Sister Jayhawk, can you start at verse 100, and I'll tell you when to stop. Whoso migrated for the cause of Allah will find much refuge and abundance in the earth. And whoso forsaketh his home, a fugitive unto Allah and his messenger, and death overtaketh him, his reward is then incumbent on Allah. Allah is ever forgiving merciful and when you go forth in the land it is no sin for you to curtail yourself worship to curtail your worship if you fear that those who disbelieve may attack you in truth the disbelievers are an open enemy to you and when thou O Muhammad art among them and arranges their worship for them, let only a party of them stand with thee to worship, and let them take their arms. Then when they have performed their prostration, let them fall to the rear of you, and let another party come that have not worshipped, and let them worship with thee, and let them take their precaution and their arms. Those who disbelieve long for you to neglect your arms and your baggage that they may attack you once for all. It is no sin for you to lay aside your arms if rain impedes you or you are sick. But take your precaution. Allah prepare for the dis- shameful punishment. Okay, stop there. So so that this makes sense. Let me give you the foundation of the story of where this eye is coming from versus read the whole context of the story. So the prophet and the followers of him have come to a war. But at, during the war, the prophet does not want them to give up the prayer. So they've still got to do the prayer. And if you notice, Allah brings up two things, standing and prostration. I want you to keep that in mind and we'll come back to it. Standing, prostration. So he says to Muhammad, when you pray with one group, 
Let the other group keep their arms so that we understand the arms here. It's talking about weapons. So what was going on is instead of Muhammad saying, don't worry about praying because we're in the middle of fighting, Muhammad took one group and told the other group, you all watch, keep watch while we pray. So mm-hmm. that one group would stand, do their prayer, and then they would put their head to the ground, and then the prayer would be over. They would get up, then grab their weapons, and then go to the back of the line so that the next group that was already watching could put their weapons down and then come stand, then bend over and prostrate and put their faces to the ground. Think of it this way. If you are in the midst of a war and you put your weapon down and then you get on your hands and your knees and your faces to the ground, your enemy now has an advantage over you because you have no weapon Plus, you're not paying attention. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Right. So if we think about this from a spiritual aspect, now that's the reality of what happened. They were in a war and rather give up the prayer. Muhammad said, pray and watch. We're not going to stop praying because we're fighting. We're going to fight and pray. But while we're fighting and praying, we're going to watch. So it's kind of like how the Bible says watch and pray. We've been taught, you know, close your head, not close your head, <laughs> bow your head, close your eyes. Okay, so, but watching and praying, and if you think about the spiritual warfare that we are in, we, we, it would behoove us to watch and pray. And I'm not saying literally watch and pray, but you get what I'm saying. We must constantly be in a state of prayer, but at the same time be in a clear understanding that I must keep my eyes open and my awareness open because I have an enemy who would target me in any direction. So we watch, we pray. So so this is what the arms are and all this. So one group, again, would pray, stand, prostrate, but prayer is over. The next group would come. The other group backs up. They stand. They prostrate. I'm pointing out these two positions, stand prostrate, because, again, as I've said before, when it comes to the prescribed prayer that God taught the prophets, that the prophets taught us, it's a very simple prayer. It is when we add extra stuff to it that it becomes very complicated, and then you are more focused on, is my hand in this position right? Is my leg folded this way right? Versus being focused on the thing with God needs us to be focused on at that moment. Okay? All right, read the next verse, Mr. Jehan. One oh three. When you have performed the act of worship, remember Allah. Standing, sitting, and reclining. And when you are in safety, observe proper worship. Worship at six hours have been enjoined on the believers. Okay. So I've showed you all this before. The word that the translators use is worship. That's the English word. The Arabic word is salat. Salat, which means contact prayer. That's what the word salat means. Contact prayer, not just prayer, contact prayer. So it is during these set times that we, the humans, have an opportunity from Allah to make contact, not just with him, but with the invisible world. Our main focus is him, but if you understand what I'm saying, 
at these six times throughout the day, the portals are open, and we can access them if we so choose to, by our permission. Outside of that, those portals are closed. Um, uh, Sister Felicia, go ahead. So when you say salat, are you referring to the S A L U T E word? S A S A L. Are you looking in? Do you have Arabic in your Quran? Yes, I do have it, but you know the the English version of it is read differently than the version that we're using. So I'm just trying to understand because it doesn't have that word. In my okay. in, in verse three, and and you know I don't know how to read uh, Arabic. I, <laughs> <stop>. <laughs> okay, so let me explain this to you with the Arabic. So a lot of times with the Arabic words, when it's not the the, the writing, meaning the Arabic letters, when it when it's English A B C D E F G letters, but Arabic words formatted out of Arabic. Uh, Arabic words formatted out of English letters. Do you have that or do you have the actual Arabic writing? Well, never mind. That's a dumb question because you just spelled Salat from an Arabic way and then you don't know how to read the Arabic writing. So that answers my own question. So don't worry about that. So what I, you'll find – go ahead. In the Bible, I, I spelled it based on how I see it used in the Bible. S-A-L-C-E, okay, okay. C-E, right? So it'd be S-A-L, Is that what you're saying? L no F A L L A T. Oh, okay. that's different. A lot. Okay. But this Arabic yeah. word in English means contact prayer. Oh. Okay, contact prayer, which is worship, right? That is what you will find in the Quran. That's a translated word as worship. So sometimes in the Quran, when the word worship is used, depending on the context, it's actually talking about prayer or select, contact prayer. Other times, worship is talking about worship in the aspect of what you currently understand worship to be, raising your hands or things like that. There are other times in the Quran where worship means serving mankind, acts of kindness, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked. According to Allah, those are acts of worship. So in other words, what I'm trying to show you, or all of us, worship is not just a function we do at church when the praise team stands up. Worship is a way of life. When I serve other humans on behalf of God, I'm not doing it for no reason but to glorify God, I'm in worship. When I'm at home and I decide to lift my hands and walk around the living room and just sing and give God praise, I'm in worship. When I decide to do the actual prayer and bend over and put my face to the ground, I'm in worship. Uh, When you eat, if you thank God for the food that you are about to receive because he gave it to you, you are in a state of worship. If you give your offering from the substance that God gave you, you are in the act. So I keep going down the list of things, but if you get my point, worship is more than just, oh, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord, oh, I love you, Lord, more than that. Worship is a, is a state. I'll say it that way. Worship can be considered a mental state that you are in where everything you do in life is for the glory of your Lord. 
If it's for God that you're doing it for, it, you are now in the state of worship. But when it comes hallelujah. to this word select, go ahead. What would you say? I just said hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> hallelujah. I got you. <laughs> um, um, it, say it again. My, my headset is acting weird today, so it's like you're it's, – it's on my end. But what did you say? I just said that just moved me. What you just said, it moved me. It touched my Amen. It touched my inner being there. Amen. Amen. And if the if the slave would understand its position before his Lord, and I know a lot of people don't like the word slave because we hear slave today and it rendered bad rather I can't say memories because none of us has ever been slaves, but it brings up bad feelings because of the things we've heard about this word and how people have been treated. So when people say, oh, I'm a slave of God, it doesn't register the way it should register because when we say we're a slave of God, it means my life is simply to serve him. That's all I'm here for. I'm not here to play on Facebook. I ain't here to to to, to be on Snapchat all day and all night. I'm here to worship Allah. So if I'm going to get on Facebook, it's got to be for the glory of God. If I'm getting on to get involved with everybody else's drama, that's Lord nature stuff going on. Again, this is not about holiness or hell. not about you better do it or you're going to hell. This is more about an understanding or an understanding that your creator has given you an invitation to mature and develop into an actual spiritual being in this earth before you leave this body and actually go back to that world. He's given us an invitation, not only an invitation, but the exact ingredients and the exact map of how to progress to become something more than what we understand a human is. So that by the time I get there, I've already experienced all this because I took time in my earthly life to develop all this because that's the whole purpose of life. Okay. Does that answer you, Sister Felicia? Yes, thank you. So uh, uh, um, now, again, this word salat is what is used for worship. Now, look at it again, and you see that Allah says, there are fixed times for worship. So, Sister Jaha, when you see the word, there are fixed times, what, what does that say to your heart? Um, the scripture where, he, where Allah says, pray at both ends of the day and uh, midday. Okay. Okay. Uh, so my same question, what comes to your heart when you see salat or prayer or worship is at six times of the day? Uh, that oh, there is like an appointed appointed time, like having a, an appointment or a, a time of a, a, a set time to to do things. Okay, okay. I and like the I, word. I, I, on, Go ahead. That um, Go ahead. And, and with those set times, with all the things that we have learned, um, 
there seems to be a whole lot of things behind those set times, you know, uh, having to do with so many things. Um, uh, One, the the unity of it all, because um, as we know, time is different all around the the world, so there's always that uh, prayer going on. The other thing too is that um to um how can I say this? It having to do with uh the universe, uh, the 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 I wanna say universe but I wanna just say uh you know, like we say Lord of the world. I think there's some kind of synchron synchronizing that's going on at, at the at the same time having to do it, it could even have something to do with planetary uh stuff going on uh it's just so many different aspects of it that um through obedience to be able to keep those times uh plays into what it is that um how can I say? It's what it is to take a, a take place at that time. I, got I can't, you. Got I'm you. With my words today. <laughs> it makes sense what you said. It makes sense. Okay. It makes sense. Okay. Is there, Sister Felicia, will you see prayer set at fixed times? What comes to your heart? Well, you know. I do agree with everything that's been said. You know, these are the times that God wants you to meet with him, come see him. There's something about the number six I haven't quite, because I just heard that. I want to, you know, delve into that a little bit better because you know me and numbers. So um, the six, the number six, to do it six times, I, I, I want a little bit more detail on that because I, I want to understand. The, that's, not what it, it, that's not what it said, Sister Felicia. It said fix, fix, F-I-X-E-D. Six times. Oh, I was saying six times. I'm okay. <laughs> no. I heard that. I kept hearing six times. But but the fixed times, yes, those are the times that God has appointed for us to come and meet with Him. I got you now. But now, just for just for tickles, just to answer your question in a nutshell, six is the number of man. Right. Now, yeah, I know. And are we? Are, six so is when it? I was hearing six, are we praying for us and for man? That's what I was working out. I got mind. you. I got okay. you, but we we but it's fixed time. So in other words, going right. back to something Samaya said, God has set an invitation for as an appointment so many times throughout of the twenty four hour period for mankind, whosoever chooses, to come through that portal and experience a dimension that we don't get to on a normal basis. It's like Allah opening his office door and saying, come on in, have a seat, what's going on? Okay? So keep that in mind. So something else I'm going to bring up. And while we're talking, uh, I want you to go to Sorb 41. 
because Sister Samaya just said something that triggered my spirit there. So in Psalm 41, um, 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 if you remember from your Bible, and Quran kind of backs this up, that God put the sun and the moon and the sky for signs, seasons, days, and years for us to calculate certain things, for us to be able to know certain things. So when you deal with the word signs, that's dealing with 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 words without being spoken that seem to point to something else. So if a person knows how to read the signs of the sky, you'll understand the language of the sky. They don't speak with words, the Bible says. But at the same time, they have a very clear message to mankind when you can hear them and understand them. That's the sign part. But then on the opposite side, this, these two objects help mankind calculate particular seasons, particular days, particular years, so on and so on and so on. So the prayers, and for today I won't get into the subject of three to five. You all should know by now that the prescribed prayer that God gave was the morning, the noon, and the evening prayer. Now, where those other two prayers come in that, we'll come back to that later. But for right now, three prescribed invitations. And I use the word prescribed again because the law tells us that prayer has been prescribed for us just as much as fasting is. So in other words, this is something that the Creator has written the script for and given us to feel so we can take our medicine. Now, it's like I always say about the regular person, if you go to the doctor, the doctor gives you a script, and you choose not to go get that prescription filled and take the medicine according to the, the, the guidelines of that doctor, whose fault is it if the person doesn't get better? Is it the doctor's fault? No. No. The doctor did their job. They told you what was wrong with you, and they told you what you needed to do to get better. If you do the opposite, that's your choice. But I cannot go down back and blame the doctor because I passed out when he told me, don't eat this, don't eat that, and take this three times a day. Correct? Sister Jihad, can't blame the doctor. <laughs> I was just thinking, you a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so you all get my point, though. So uh -huh. if you think about it, the prayer is set at particular times during the day. Father, morning prayer, is set at dawn as the sun is breaking through the light. The afternoon prayer is set at when the sun reaches its highest height before it's declining. And then the evening prayer is done just as the sun is coming to its last stop before it sets. Now, out of these prayers that I just mentioned, what is the main thing that I keep bringing up or that you keep hearing? The position of the sun. The position of the sun. So depending on the position of the sun, now stop there for a minute and let's rewind. And then we're going to go back, right here. So with the sun, this is Samaya, what is the sun for, for us on this earth? Well, I guess number one, it would be <laughs> light, nutrition, um, heat, uh, 
it has a number of purposes. Okay. You know, okay. Self kind. Self kind. That you okay. kind by the sun. Okay. Okay. So, Jay, your viewpoint. What What is the sun for for us on this earth? Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Okay. Sister <laughs> Felicia, what would you say the sun is for on this earth? Ditto. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. If, if we narrow all that down to one word to get down to what the sun is for, it is energy. Okay. So in other words, the creator through his wisdom of how he sets this earth up has sent three times throughout the day for you to plug into the energy field, leave the matrix for a minute, and get refilled with this energy so that your chakra system stays healthy. Because he knows you are in a world full of energy that seeks to throw you off balance. So through his invitation and his prescription, he has made sure that whoever chooses to do this can keep a free flow of balanced energy. So, again, even the prayer, it all comes down to energy. Now, Sister J. Hot said something last class. I was going to bring it up again today. And while I'm here, I'm going to bring it up. We were talking about intention. And I asked the question, what's the first thing we do before we start even start prayer? And I said, we make the intention. And we got into the discussion of, this is J. Hot, if I quote you wrong, correct me. But Sister J. Hot brought up that she was not troubled in her mind, but trying to get it right in her mind because she felt that setting the intention was about what I was getting ready to ask for in prayer. Am I correct? Is that what you said? Thinking it, thinking it first. Thinking it first. But the part part that I'm making now is, you were thinking in your mind what you're getting ready to ask for in prayer. Did I did I quote you right on that? Right, right. So the okay. question was where you asked where did it start? And Tina replied that it starts in your heart. And right. that made me made me that clicked in my mind that that I'm thinking from my head. Right. Not my heart. Right. And it's trying to now, get the concept. Now, the part that stood out to me of what you said, I just didn't address it at that moment, was when you brought up having the attention to to think about what you were getting ready to ask for in prayer before you actually did it. That's why I'm making sure I, I understood the concept of what you were saying right before I go to the next part of what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that brings me to say this. In the Quran, you will notice that there is prayer, what we call supplication, prayer, and then there's the prayer. Everybody understand what I just said? There is prayer, and then there's the prayer. So in other words, there are times outside of the appointment that I can go to Allah at any given time of the day. So understand that the the set times of prayer are not the only times that I can pray throughout the day. These set times are the times that Allah has set for a specific reason. Outside of those times, I can approach my Lord whenever to supplicate to him when I have a need. But during the time of the prayer, the prayer, that's not the time to supplicate about my needs. 
So there's a set time to talk to God about, I need money, I need food, I need clothes. Like Jesus said, your, 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 your father knows what you have need of before you even say anything, right? Right. So, so there's a set time for me to supplicate about my need, but the prayer, this is official business going on. And this is why it comes down to stand, bow, prostrate, say amen, and walk away. Amen. That makes sense what I just said. (laughs) Oh, I just have to say, you just gave me confirmation. Mm, mm, mm. Hey, that's the spirit. That's just the spirit. (laughs) You gave me, you you just gave me a confirmation, a word to that. Amen. Amen. I'm speaking, God, about, you know, the prayer times and, he told me I pray all day. He said, you talk to Amen. me all day. Amen. So I just, I just, so, I just, thank you. Amen. Amen. So, so to just drill this home one more time, there's times that I can go and tell God all about it. I can tell him who may be mad. Why I'm so scared because I need this and I need that. And Lord, you are my provider. There's a time for that. But then there's the upset appointed time that he has prescribed that that's not what that time is for. That's business. That's for me to go and get recharged. That's for me to go ahead and harness his power in me because I've already utilized so much of it from the time I got up and did the first prayer to the afternoon prayer. I have faced all kind of devils. Bill had a demon in him this morning, and -and so-and-so talked to me crazy. Y'all get what I'm saying? You've been Mm -hmm. jolted left and right. Lunchtime now is right there. By the time most of us get to lunchtime, we're looking at the clock like, is it time time to go home yet? Right. So this is why God gives us this moment to leave this physical world behind for a minute venture into another dimension. Now, to make that make sense, I'm going to bring up the book of Enoch to you. For those who read, and when we studied uh, uh, the astronomical part of Enoch, as far as the book of Enoch, Enoch clearly tells us that the sun has certain stops that it does at certain points of the day that open certain portals to certain dimensions. Or let me say it a different way. It, it it opens up, um, oh, I like the way my spirit just showed me that image. So I just had an image of a train track. And if you've ever seen a train going down a train track, they got this lever where they can pull a lever and the track can shift to another track within the split of a second before the train even reaches that point. So if the train was getting ready to go right, it's now getting ready to go left because they pulled that lever connected the track. Does that make sense? Yeah. Say, it, say it one more time. The the trains, if you've ever seen a train going down a, a track, they've got a little manu- a, a, a device that they can pull a lever and the train track actually shifts to another train track. The train never has to stop running. It's just if it was getting ready to go right, it's now going to go left because the track shifted. I got you. 
Okay, so I'm using that if you can show or can imagine when the sun is in these certain positions, the track shifts. Okay. Mm. Okay. We was on point A headed to point E, but a lot of his wisdom knows point E may not be best right now. So at that moment, when we say God is the greatest, the track shifts. We go somewhere else. Now, physically, no, but mentally, if you really allow yourself to go through the prayer properly, I promise you by the time you're done praying, you are not going to feel the same way you felt when you started the prayer because something has happened inside. So in Psalm 41, read this, Sister Jehad. I want you to read just verse, uh, start at verse 50, 41 and 50. And verily, if we cause him to taste mercy from us after some hurt that has touched him, he will say, this is my own, and I deem not that the hour will ever rise. And if I am brought back to my Lord, I surely shall be better off with him. But we verily shall tell those who disbelieve all that they did, and we verily shall make them taste our punishment. When we show favor unto man, he withdraws and turn aside, turn up aside. But when ill touches him, then he aboundeth in prayer. So Allah says, when, when I bless a human being, they forget me. They get too big for their britches. But then when I debase them, meaning trouble comes, then all of a sudden they want to pray, which we should have been mm -hmm. doing the whole time. Mm-hmm. Okay, read. Bethink you, if it is from Allah and you reject it, who is further astray than one who is at open feud with Allah? We shall show them our portent on the horizon and within themselves until it will be manifest unto them that it is, it is the truth. Doeth not thy Lord suffice, since he is witness over all things? Okay, so in verse 53, the word horizon should actually be interpreted sky. So what Allah says, we shall show them humans our signs in the sky and within them, and what is within themselves. So it kind of goes back to the understanding that I keep trying to get us to see. What is going on in the universe above you is actually going on within you because as above, so below. And so below, as above. Right now above, because we are in this cycle, the planets are in a state of chaos. The energies are discombobulated. So therefore, their energies which trickle down to our surface is causing our electromagnetic field to go out of sequence. So therefore, everybody seems to be losing their mind, except for the ones that Allah has mercy on. And we're just still just 
We're the ones sitting back looking at all the craziness going on. And everyone else is looking at us like something's wrong with us because we're not acting crazy like everybody else. But what is going on, if we understand it, is what's happening above is causing great effects of what is happening below because we're all connected. So when it comes to that sun moving around in the sky for these fixed prayer times, it is because what is in the sky is the same substance of what is in you. And so this is how we're able to connect to these superhighways as, as God lets us because what's up there is also down here. We just don't perceive it because of our perception and our reality of things. If we could change our reality to understand that, again, as those planets move around, so it affects everything on this ground. So it takes us back to energy. And I'll I, I bring this up as I brought it up before. When you deal with a group of people or even a person who would have knowledge ahead of time of planetary rotations and changes and what type of force is going to give off to the people, you now have an advantage to do things in the earth that no everybody else would think is just a coincidence that just this happened, but not realizing that this is not a coincidence. This is planned, plotted, and is being carried out by people who understand this science. Um, I, I told somebody the other day, if you pay attention, why all of a sudden, besides, besides us saying retaliation, why all of a sudden are black people just being murdered on certain days? And see, this is the other thing nobody pays attention to, these murders that take place by police. If you really sit down and step back and start calculating days, years, time, months, um, uh, numbers, you start getting into the numbers of the geometry of this, you start connecting dots that this cannot just be random police shootings because the time sequences, they're all adding up to certain days, times, um, uh, lining up with uh, planetary alignments. Uh, uh, um, yeah, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, Sister J. Hyde, and I don't want nobody to Google nothing. Don't Google. This is just me, this is just me making a point. What was yesterday? Actually, hold on. Let me make sure of something. Hold on, hold on. Let me make sure of something. So, uh, okay, yeah, I'm right. What was yesterday? Saturday, May the first. Um, um, I know it was some some kind of some kind of day. I just it won't come to my mind. Something something that they celebrate. I know we're coming up on single Cinco de Maya, but something was celebrated yesterday. I just don't remember what it was. I saw okay. It okay. In the news okay. 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 Sister Samaya, do you know what yesterday was? Well, um, because it was the first of May, I'm thinking it was May Day. May Day. <laughs> Yes. May Day. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Sister Samaya, since you said it, what is May Day? What is that? We hear you this every what? year, all of our lives. What is this? <laughs> I don't really know what May Day is, but I'll tell you this. 
it used to be an SOS call. They would right. use it as right. an SOS. You know, Mayday, Mayday, when she was in trouble. <laughs> right. I mean, right. <laughs> but right. I don't know now. what it was celebrated for. Okay. Now, keep in mind what Sister Samaya uh, just said, Mayday, and we all understand that Mayday means SOS. We need help. Keep that in mind. I'm going to come back to it. Sister Felicia, I have to get you on two two levels here. One, I just see that your hand is up, so I don't know if you already asked your question because I'm just now yeah, seeing was, it. That was the confirmation that I was, hmm Okay, okay. So let me take that down. And then uh, what is your understanding of May 1st, or as we call it, May Day? Um, I believe it has something to do with the Navy. I'm, I'm not 100% for sure. I, I know it was May Day yesterday, but I don't I don't know the original reason why it was celebrated. But I thought it had something to do with the military, the Navy portion okay. of the military. Okay. So, on the back of your dollar bill, you have Uneptsoeptis Orbitalis Seclum Orderus. English, he has accepted our new world order, our new secular order. And then below that is a pyramid with an eye. In, in at the top of it. So there's a lot of occult symbolism. Then below that, you have this Roman numerals in the base of the pyramid. This is on the back of our American money, and it's very important for most Americans because we've been put into a society that we are not to look at these things and know these things. They are put there to keep our subconsciousness in a hypnotic state. Um, one day I, 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 I told myself, we're going to do a, a, a course on occult symbolism. I've, I've talked about it before, but I've never really taught a class on it of, of what it is, how it works. So these symbols, they're more than just drawings. They are infused with energy so that when the human looks at it, it then puts the subconscious into a state of uh, of hypnosis. So in other words, you have people who are hypnotizing another group of people, and the people getting hypnotized don't even realize that they're under hypnotic, they're under uh, hypnosis. Okay, so you have this Roman, Roman, not Roman, Roman numeral <laughs> engraved in your money, and it is May the first, seventeen seventy seven. So the New World Order was kicked off May the 1st, 1777, by a man named um, 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 Adam Weishaupt, who was employed by the Rothschilds to put this organization together. Question, why did they choose May Day? And why has May Day now become a big, I shouldn't call it big, but as Sister Samaya said, it's a recognized thing because we all know May the 1st is May Day. But, again, May Day is SOS, help. So if you ponder this for a minute, they picked a day, May 1st. For the rest of us, they told us help. 
Um, uh, I want you guys to Google this word. B-E-L-T-A-N-E. Does, does anybody see it yet? T A what? B E L T A N E. Yeah. Mhm. So you you should see the word Beltane. Yeah. When is Beltane celebrated? From what you see. Uh, May first. Um, so May Day, May Day is actually Beltane. So what is Beltane? Sister Samaya, do you have, what do you have? What are you looking at? Um, uh, I have some kind of caption. Uh, it says festivity. It says, uh, and then there's a Wikipedia. So there's a couple of things here. One talks about the celebration. Um, it says, Beltane uh, is the Gaelic May Day Festival. Most commonly, it is held on May 1st, well, May 1st, or about halfway between the spring equinox and summer solstice. Historically, it was widely observed throughout Ireland, Scotland, and the Isle of Man. Okay, so you can stop there. Now, you can study this in your own time so we don't get too, too far off subject. Beltane is an ancient pagan festival where they would do bonfires, where we get our word bonfire from today, where they would take a human being. They would first, hold on, first they would build a big, huge wooden effigy of a human being. Then they would take an actual human being and put the human being inside of the wicker man and then catch it on fire. Mm. And they would just do this for the whole festival and just it was a it was a time of it was it was days worth of sacrifices leading up to May the first of the great celebration. So if you think back now to the average person that will hear what I'm about to say, oh you're a conspiracy freak. But when the proof is in the pudding, there's no theory there. This is reality. If we go back over the last just week, two weeks maybe, leading up to May the 1st, sacrifice, 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 sacrifice. We still live in their system. The only difference is they're not doing their sacrifices at temples. They're not doing it in secret. Now, their their worship of these deities is in secret, but the actual bloodshedding it's happening right in front of us. I looked up the rituals of Beltane. What you got? And it says the rituals were performed to protect the cattle, crops, and people and to encourage growth. Special bonfires were kindled and their flames, smoke, and ashes were deemed to have protective powers. The people and their cattle would walk around or between bonfires and sometimes leap over the flames or embers. Okay, so this practice is still going on today, believe it or not. Yeah, because it's a 2021 ritual. 
Yeah, but it's May Day to us, right? May Day. While we talking about May Day, they out in, they out in the woods killing people for days. SOS, Sister Tina, help, right? Darn right, this is help. I'm looking at one that says this holiday is associated very strongly with fertility for pagans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sexuality. So so not only is it about protecting our, our, our investments, it's about uh uh it's about fertility. Sexuality. So 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 again like Christmas, like Easter, and all the other holidays they've given us, to them, this is a time to harness our energy. This, this, this is what it comes down to, it, and, I keep, and I'm going to keep emphasizing this during this fast, that this reality that we currently live in is a, is a vampire reality. There are people at the top who remain invisible who are eating the rest of the world's energy until we are nothing more than zombies. So, the Jay, what was you about to say? Uh, Beltane is a Celtic word meaning the fires of Bel. Yeah. Oh, I, didn't, I was going to get to that part that this old back to Jehovah. This goes back to Judaism. This goes back, yeah. Gets deep when you start researching things for yourself. So even on the back of our money, they made it very clear he has accepted. Now you'll know who he is. This is Bell. This is again. This is why I brought up the kids the other day because this is Bell. This is all about taking our innocence. Now uh, by Friday, Inshallah. We'll get back into uh, uh, re-harnessing your energy. Because I, I brought up a statement the other day or the other class where I said some of us are leaking energy because we've got unclosed wounds. But I didn't bring up where these wounds are. And these wounds are in your etheric body, your astral body. Not your physical body. The wounds are in your astral body. So this is why the Bible says a strong soul. No one can penetrate it, but a wounded soul can be easily broken. So how is the soul, which is energy, how is that wounded? What's a wound? It's an opening, correct? Right. Okay, so yes. if, the, if, the, if, the, if the spiritual side of us can be wounded, meaning have openings, it is through these openings I bring up again that these evil parasites slip through to get into our energetic field and then start eating us from the inside out versus trying to get in. So so this is why I keep trying to bring up these parasites want our energy so bad that they will use any mechanism they've got to to break your energy down. They will use family, friends, coworkers, whatever they can to get your mind off God that then weakens your energy level so they can find a wound and get in. So if there's no wound, they will use a family member to say something that hurts your feelings because the moment your feelings is hurt, there's a wound and there's an opening. 
You all get my point. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a good place, that spirit, that parasite will use somebody around me, will take control over their vocal cords or their bodily actions and get them to do or say something that now makes me angry. And the moment I get angry, I'm not saying to be, it's not a sin to be angry, but in order to be angry, your attention has to be on what has frustrated you that, that may, got you to that boiling point. So you're focusing on it a little bit more than what you normally would because now you're pissed off about it, and the moment you're pissed, there's an opening. I'm not saying don't be mad about stuff. That's not what I'm saying, but I am saying be aware that when we do get mad and we pop off or we snap, as we call it, there's a tear. There's an opening. But if you rewind the scenario and look at it from the spiritual aspect, the whole scenario was set up by invisible force because you didn't have an opening for it to get in. So it made one. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Go to to Sora 2. Now, please understand this. All day long, you and I are harassed by these parasites. Rather through them themselves, by, by actual energy attacking you. And I don't know if any of you all have ever experienced the energy attack. And what I mean by that is you are fine. You are you woke up happy this morning. And then all of a sudden just a depression came over you. And it wasn't that somebody dumped on you. It wasn't that you got into it. You just all of a sudden have a mental state change. And even you be questioning yourself, like, what is wrong with me? I was so happy today. Now I just feel so lethargic. I'm irritated with everything and everybody. What's going on is you are under an energy attack. A force is overwhelming you. And it's trying, what it's doing is it's hovering. It's sniffing you out, trying to find an opening, and you feel its energy. But because it can't get into your energy field, it feels like something coming against you. Mm. Or... You're dealing with a human who is projecting evil thoughts towards you, but because you don't have an opening at that moment, it's hitting against your force field, and you can feel it. And it becomes so overwhelming at times that you don't know what's going on. And this is what I mean by spiritual stuff happens to us all the time. But if nobody ever points, this is why that happened out. This is why you felt like this. If we don't think on that level in our everyday lives, we don't realize how involved the spirit world is actually active in our lives on a daily basis. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's another confirmation. Thank you, Father. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Amen. Amen. I, I, I just was so, saying that to somebody. I'm sorry. I'm on the I'm on oh, the you roll right Go now. ahead. Keep, keep going. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you good? You good? I just was saying that to somebody. That I think it was actually Sister Cartrice. I was like, did you stop and and think about why you did that? Did you stop and look at the spiritual of it? Did you stop? Oh, my. You just 
you was talking to me today. You was talking. You talking to me? Today. Go ahead. Because I had shared with my cousin the other day. I said, you need to start talking to God. And you need to start asking him what is your assignment for the day. I said, because when you wake up and you have a good mindset, and then all of a sudden you turn from one to another thing, something is not right. And you need to check. Amen. Amen. I, I just Amen. said this on Friday night. Oh, my God. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, Amen. So, are you good? So, so, if you think about it, we are harassed, whether we want to be or not. We are harassed by these parasites from the time you wake up to the time you lay your head down at night. Even even at going to sleep at night, they still try to harass you by getting in your dreams and making you have nightmares. So this harassment is nonstop. So our creator knows this, and he has set up three times a day for you to come and get recharged so that you can take on the harassment another few more hours. And then you come recharge again so you can take their harassment another few more hours. And when I say take their harassment, I don't mean put up with it. I mean walk in the sense that I know you outside of my force field, but not in that boo-boo. You can't get in here. Do do all you want out there, but you're not going to get me. Go ahead, Sister Samaya. So um, I have a question, and it has to do with um, children and this, um, how can I say, um, It seems to be a lot of it, but the um, ADHD, um, I forgot what the other one is, uh, attention deficit, whatever, whatever. Um, as, as a child, some of these, well, even as adults, we don't, we really don't know how to deal with certain things, and I'm just wondering if considering the potential that a child has, especially in God, uh, whether or not that is a form of spiritual attack along the lines that you're talking about. Um, Can it be? It, I was going to say, I'm going to answer this two ways. Normally, and I have found in my own life, those of us who've been deemed. Now, you have to understand, ADD, ADHD, all these DDDs, all this stuff, mm-hmm. this is what they named us. Yeah. Okay? What I've learned mm-hmm. about my own life is those of us who seem to be special, as they called us, we were mentally mm-hmm. special. Mm-hmm. You know, dyslexic and all this other stuff. I found that these were... Were, were people who are normally born in a deep with a deep spiritual insight about them. They're, they're, it's not better than other humans, but those ADD, ADHD, the dyslexic, we, we see the world differently than we're wired different. Don't forget hyper. And, and, and so they, yeah, they call it hyper too. And so for me, when they say hyperactivity, I've grown up to understand hyperactivity just simply meant 
that unlike most humans, my body was able to harness a level of universal energy that the common body couldn't handle. Mm-hmm. And because you're a child and nobody teaches you about energy and harnessing and planets, that energy is manifested through hypertension. You're just everywhere. You just don't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the good part about it is that it simply just means that child is going to grow up and be very spiritual. The bad thing is because this child is so open to the spiritual dimension that entities will will feel it that child's strength and try to destroy that child at a very early age because it can feel the child's power. So this entity, yes, I'm saying these things don't know the future. They don't know the future, but they know energy. So if a child is born and has a unique level of energy, that being knows that this child is going to be strong. Yeah. So the best thing to do is destroy it. It's kind of like Pharaoh saying, kill the baby, kill them all. So, so the, I don't know if that answers you or not, Sister Tobias, but oh, yes. So I would say yes and no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you did hit along the lines of what I was thinking. Uh, and just you. listening to some of the stories that uh, I've heard you talk about regarding yourself, and then I was thinking of my grandson, my, my great-grandson. So, uh, y- yeah, as you're revealing these things, you know, it, it comes across a, a little different because of the knowledge. But if you don't have the knowledge, then you really don't know how to uh, to deal with them or help them on a spiritual level. Right. Then you got right. those, then, then I got those two layers in between. <laughs> I got Mama you. and Grandma. I got you. So, so for me, so for my growing up being labeled ADHD mm-hmm. and having to take Ridley and Tyler. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. And, and as I said now, looking back over my life, I can see a bigger picture of what happened. Wasn't nothing wrong with me. It was just I had a high level of energy that medical mm-hmm. science didn't understand. So when medical pilots right. don't understand something, they just give it a name and give you some medicine. Right. But had they understood the, the spirituality of what was going on with me, yes, I, I'm not saying I wasn't a hyper child. I wasn't saying I was full of energy. I ain't denying that I couldn't even go to school unless I took my medicine. I told you I made the song about I'll take my ritalin and I just start the fiddling. You so did. You so did. <laughs> so, 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 but looking back at it today, the feeling and the un, un, unrestlessness came because I just had all this spiritual energy built up. And had somebody been able to direct that and say, this is how you harness it, this is how you use it, this is how you do this, I, we would probably had a better, again, it wasn't a bad cow, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yes. But yes. but growing up, because I wasn't like the other kids, my mind was on a different level. They were playing with toys. I was reading scriptures, you know. They they was dealing with girlfriends, boyfriends. I was standing up on lunchroom tables and preaching. 
Uh, and so being made fun of and, you know, uh, always never feeling like you are a part or you went to school, but it was like everybody in school was different than you. And you might meet maybe one or two people who were like you, and then you all formed your little clique, and then y'all got teased. You get what I'm saying? So you grow up feeling bad about yourself because you're different. Those dyslexic, you know, read backwards. But what it really comes down to is not that they see things backwards. It's actually they see things for what they are. It's just the way the mind is wired in this reality, it makes them now feel as backwards. But this, 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 yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But again, medical science gave us these labels and these words that made it seem like children who have these gifts are afflicted with a illness that they got to be medicated for. <laughs> yeah, so they don't know what now, to do with if you, Well, I, they don't, but I'm going to take it further. When you think about who controls the medical industry and you understand yeah. that the higher you get with this, it's, it's a matter of these entities knowing another powerful one was born. So stop it now before it becomes an adult and then this backfires on us. So they gave us the technology, medicate them, make them zombies where this energy that's in them will be stifled. Mm -hmm. So now when they get older, you you get what I'm saying? Again, I know it sounds out there and far, but that's just the way my mind works. You have this huge network of humans and devils working together, and they clearly know what they're doing to the rest of us. Right. For the fact that if you look it up, that fluoride itself stops your energetic flow. And then think about why they put fluoride in toothpaste and in our water. You can't convince me that that's just coincidence. Right. Somebody doesn't want the rest of us to operate our energy levels properly. All right, so does that answer you, Sister Samaya? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Thor 2 is where I told y'all to go, I think. Did I tell y'all to go to Thor 2? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Thor 2, and we're going to go to 107. We're going to start at verse 107. Go ahead and read that for me, Sister Jahan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. We're going to uh, uh, 135. I'm sorry. Start at 135, please. And they say, be Jews or Christians, then you will be rightly guided. Say unto them, O Muhammad, no, but we follow the religion of Abraham, the upright, and he was not of the adulterers. <laughs> Say, O Muslim, we believe in Allah, Allah, and that which is revealed unto us, and that which was revealed unto Abraham, and Ishmael, and Isaac, and Jacob, and the tribe. And that which Moses and Jesus received, and that which the prophets received from their Lord. We make no distinction 
between any of them. And unto him we have surrendered. Verse 137. And if they believe in the light of that which you believe, then are they rightly guided. But if they turn away, then are they in schism. Schism. And a lie will suffice thee for defense. Again, okay, again. jump down to jump down to one forty. Or say you that Abraham and Ishmael and Isaac and Jacob and the tribes were Jews or Christians. Say, do you know that, or does Allah? And who is okay. more of us? Stop there. Stop there. Stop there. So a lot of asking the question, and I'm going to pick up with just 140. And the question is, are you really going to argue about whether the tribes and all, Abraham, were they Jews or were they Christians? And if you really think about a lot of question here, the answer is going to be they couldn't have been either or because Judaism didn't exist yet, nor did Christianity. So the children of Israel could not have been Jews because Jews didn't exist. There, there wasn't a religion called Judaism. They were called Hebrews, but they weren't called Jews until Judaism comes up. And Judaism, as I told you, comes from Judah and the Talmud and all this other stuff. That it was not ordained by God. It's a religion that they started. Christianity was a religion started by Paul and a man named Constantine. So a lot of asking the question, are you really going to argue about this? And the answer would have to be very uh, just straight no because this did not exist. All right, 141. I'm sorry, not 141. Jump down to 142. The foolish of these people will say, what has turned them from the, the Kaaba, Kaabquibla, which they formerly observed, say, unto Allah belongeth the east and the west. He guideth whom he will unto a straight path. Okay, so the word Hebla means direction. So if we just say direction, it would say the foolish of the people will say what has turned them from the direction which they formerly observed. I'll come back to explaining this in just a minute. Read the next verse. Thus we have appointed you a middle nation, that you may be witnesses against mankind, and that the messenger may be a witness against you. And we appointed the quibla. We appointed the direction which you formerly observed, only that we might know him who followeth the messenger, from him who turneth on his heels. In truth, it was a hard test, save for those whom Allah guided. But it was not Allah's purpose that your faith should be in vain, for Allah is full of pity, merciful towards mankind. Okay, so let me give you the actual application of what this scripture is referring to. So when Muhammad left uh, uh, Medina, 
headed towards his trip. He went to Jerusalem first. When he got to Jerusalem, because of a particular mark that he had on his body and some other things that the prophecies had prophesied about, the Jews, according to history, when he got to Jerusalem, knew very clearly that he was the Arabian prophet that the book of Isaiah spoke about. Now, I've told you all that scripture where God tells the uh, Israel about the Arabian prophet and not to fear him because he was God's chosen. Then the Bible. So they knew who he was. So for two years, the prophet prayed as the Jews would pray. And I'm going to call them the Jews for right now. So the Jews, when they prayed, they, would, they used to face the temple mount. They would pray towards the temple mount. Till this day, when you watch Jews in Jerusalem praying at the wall, the wall where they're rocking back and forth, they're at, they're at, the, they're at the base of the temple mount. No matter where they are around the world, they face the Temple Mount. Now, how this came about was you just read it. Read that part one more time to the day where Allah says, and we appointed the direction which we formerly observed. Thus we have appointed you. Okay, go down. And we appointed the direction which you formerly observed, only that we might know him who followeth the messenger. Okay, so Allah tells us why. Now, let me rewind so this makes a little bit more sense. Even in your Bible, I can confirm this. I just won't do it for the second time today. But Allah had a house built out in the Saudi Arabian desert that we call today the Kaaba. But then when Noah's flood came, it washed it away. Only thing that stood was the foundation. So years, thousands of years had gone by from the time of Adam to the time of Abraham. So by the time Prophet Abraham comes on the scene, According to your Bible and the Quran, Allah guides Abraham to a particular spot after he has told his servant to take his firstborn son, Ishmael, and take him to Mecca. Now, the church has a tradition that makes it that Abraham kicks Ishmael and Hagar out in the very violent, violent way only to be banished from the family and never seen again. I just shocked somebody the other day because we were talking about this very scenario. And I asked them, I said, "How? why do you all say Ishmael was banished and was never seen again, but your own Bible says that when Abraham died, Ishmael and Isaac came together in love and happiness, and they buried the brother. Isaac, some of Isaac's women married some of Ishmael's men, and some of Ishmael's men married Isaac's women. So, and I said, well, where's the family feud at? Because the Bible does not seem to give that depiction. That comes from Zionism. That comes from hateful, racist people who have inserted this doctrine into the church. But then when you ask them for biblical proof, it's not there. So anyhow, uh, 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 the Bible is clear that Abraham went to the desert 
and him and his son found the foundation of the building we call Kaaba today. So, so let me ask you this question. Sister J. High, without looking it up, and I want nobody to look it up because I'm going to cover it real quick. What does the word Kaaba mean? Kaaba is an Arabic word, but what would it mean in English? How? Temple? Say it, say it again. House or temple? House or temple. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm guessing. I got you. Uh, uh, Sister Samaya, what would you say or think it means? I'm guessing too, but I'm going to say uh, house of worship or place of worship. I, I, yeah. Okay. Okay. And then Sister Felicia, what would you say the word Kaaba means? I have no idea. Just, you know, what I agree with everybody is saying that it would be the house of the Lord. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to send you guys something real quick. Send you all something. Now, while I'm sending you all this, Sister J.R., go ahead and read um, uh, verse 144. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before you read 144, let me say this last part so this makes sense. So for two years, the prophet would face the Temple Mount with the Jews and do the three prayers throughout the day. And one day... While they were all in prayer. Now, mind you, at this time in history, the Jewish rabbis and the Jewish priests and the high elite Jews who had control were telling the rest of the nation, this is the prophet we've been waiting for. This is the one that fulfills the scriptures. And they praised him. They loved him. As long as they felt he was going to be their puppet, as long as they felt they had control over him, he fit the script. But one day during prayer, God spoke to the prophet and said, get up and turn towards the direction of the place of Abraham, the Kaaba. So understand this. Allah just gives you the reason why this happened. It's got nothing to do with facing that building. It goes a little bit deeper than that. Allah says, I set it up this way because I knew this day was going to happen, and I wanted to test who really believed he was the prophet and who didn't. Because those who really believed he was the prophet didn't question why he changed the direction to prayer. They followed suit and did it too. Those who had doubts started asking, and that's what the first scripture meant when Allah said, the fools will ask, why did they change the direction of prayer? So if you can imagine the real-life story of being in prayer service one day, they, we all been praying this one way, the same way for thousands of years, and now all of a sudden this not little, not no little Arab boy <laughs> stands up in the middle of the prayer service and turns his back to Jerusalem and faces Mecca, and then everybody else did the same thing except for the disbelievers can you imagine how that church service went that day? Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of hostility of who he thinks he is. So now read the next verse and then it makes sense. We have seen the turning of thy face to heaven for guidance, O Muhammad. 
And now verily we shall make thee turn in prayer toward a direction which is dear to thee. So turn thy face toward the inviolable place of worship. And you, O Muslim, wheresoever you may be, turn your faces when you pray toward it. Those who have received the scripture know that this revelation is the truth from their Lord. And Allah is not unaware of what they do. Okay, so now here's the command from God for generations to come that no matter where you are, oh, submitters, those who submit to me and my advice, when you pray, turn your face toward the direction of this place. This is why we do it. God said do it. Now, here's the problem. There are thousands of people who do this five times a day, and they really don't have a clue as to why we even do this. We just do it because that's what they told us to do. And that is a – and I'm not saying this to be funny. This is just me. That's a sad place to be in with a relationship with God when you are doing things with God, but you don't know why you're doing them besides that's what they told you to do versus having a real experience and knowing why you do what you do because of your personal relationship with your creator versus mimicking what we told you to do. You can tell me to do anything, but if I don't go research it for myself and experience it for myself, what good does the knowledge do for me to know it but not have the experience to back up the knowledge? Amen. So we know, number one, we face this direction because this is what God instructed. It is now the matter of investigating the why. Why out of all the places in the world that we could have faced in unity together, why was this place chosen? Now, when you all get this, let me know you got it. And then as you're getting there, the last part of that I want to point out to you that God said. He says, those who are given the scripture know that this is the truth. So in other words, those that were given the scripture is not referring to the Quran because the Quran doesn't exist yet at the time of this revelation. God's still speaking to the prophet, putting everything together. So at the time that that statement is made, there's no book uh, circulating around called the Quran. So the only scriptures that could be being spoken of are the Torah, the Psalms, the prophets, in the in jail, or what we call the gospel. So for a lot to say, those who were given the scripture, who would be the Jews and the Christians, they know that you turning them to this direction is the truth. So if you really study church history, even, even the Vatican tells you that they know that the proper place for prayer is to face Mecca. But they have these facts. Because it would demolish Christianity. It would make people start questioning things that that, that the people in the pulpit say. So so it doesn't make it right, but you but you get what I'm saying here. All right, everybody got this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so it says in Arabia they still say Kop al Dadi which may be translated as a valley base. The 
feminine gender in this case expresses an emotional color of the word, adds weight and significance to it. A base, a supporting point, isn't this the genuine minute meaning? The original meaning of generally used words, especially those signifying something extremely important or stirring uh, for a person, are often consigned to oblivion in the course of time and become a mere external expression of an idea or a reflection of a deep principle contained in an object or item. Therefore, it would be more appropriate to regard the word kava not as a designation of a building, but rather as an expression of spiritual impulses and strivings associated with this site. The place where the kava is located is far from being random either. Astronomically, I'm sorry, astronomical data point to the numerous facts that evidence the Kaaba is situated on a ley line. And then it says, dear readers, can read an article on ley lines or something else. Uh, 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 now, let's dare into the Kaaba. Now, at the bottom there, there's a picture of the layout of the Kaaba, how it, how it looks. So if you understood this article, it's, it's not – Dealing with that physical building when it comes down to that kava. The kava is just a marker. Does that make sense when I say marker? Mm-hmm. It's just a marker. It's just a physical reminder that this spot is marked. It's marked off. Now, some will say that the word kava means square or cube. And then it goes off into some other deep things about cubes and all this. But to just get down to what the cobble really is, it simply comes to this. I'm saying you something else real quick. When you get this, let me know you got it. Yes. So the the Kaaba, as you're getting at, and if I translate it right, it would be the house in the heavens or the house over the heavens. So in other words, when you deal with the Kaaba, a, a, a person that understands Arabic will understand that the Kaaba, the word Kaaba is not referencing that brick building that we see on the ground that everybody walks in a circle around. It is referencing the house that is above the heavens that sits directly, the Kaaba that we see that it sits directly under the one above it. Did everybody get what I just sent you? Mm-hmm. Okay, Sister Samai, can you read that, please, while I get this other one prepared? Uh, Batu Mamor. Quran. The house itself is also mentioned in Surah Al-Tur, Ayat 4. Allah said, and by the by, by <laughs> the house <laughs> over the heavens, 
parable to the Kaaba at Maka, continuously visited by the angels. Okay, so stop there. So in in this in this Sora, if you go read it, you'll find that a lot actually mentions the 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 the, the spiritual house that sits above the earthly Kaaba. So in other words, let's say it this way. You go to Mecca and you look into the center of town, you see this cute object. It is not that is which that's the significance. It's the object that you don't see above that object that is the significance of this spot. Okay, go ahead and read the next section, Sister Samaya. Hadith. Uh, the messenger of Allah said, narrating about the journey of Israel Mira. Then I was shown that Al-Mamur, Allah's house. I asked Gabriel about it, and he said, this is Al-Mamur, where 70,000 angels perform prayers daily. And when they leave, they never return to it, but always a fresh batch comes into it daily. Okay, so what this is referring to is the night that Allah took the prophet on his night journey during the month of Ramadan. When the wormhole, when the wormhole opened and God first took him in, and I don't know if any of you all have ever read the, the story in the Quran about his night journey where it talks about how the wormhole opened and the Gabriel came through the wormhole and takes him, then takes him to outer space first. So before he went to Jerusalem, he went up into one of the higher ether realms. And he stands on the horizon to the point that he sees the being standing by a low tree. So that lets us know that even in those dimensions, there are trees. They're like, we got trees. And then from there... They take him to Jerusalem, and then from there, okay, so the night that he had his night journey, Prophet Muhammad got a chance to see the invaluable house. So just as much as we pray three times a day, while we're praying, the mentions above us are circling the house, and they're praying too at the same time. So because it's, it's all based on the position of the sun. That's why... I, if, if I was to take the time and say, Sister Jaha, what time is Duhar? She would say her time. Sister Samaya, what time is Duhar? She would say her time. And we would go around and none of us would have the exact same time of Duhar or afternoon prayer unless we were either in the same house or at least near the same vicinity or location. Sister Jayhad is, what, 40 minutes away from us, but her afternoon prayer is about 5 to 10 minutes off from our afternoon prayer here in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So when I say it's based on the rotation of the sun, that's why there's my time for prayer versus so-and-so's time for prayer is not going to be the same, yet we're doing the same prayer. It's just... The sun reached me as it did in circle before it reached you. And by the time the sun made that, that curve, now it's over you. So you're 10 minutes behind me because the sun is moving. We're sitting still on a flat earth while the sun is circling us. 
But if you think about the beauty of how Allah set this up, there are someone for praying and worshiping him 24 hours a day, nonstop. Because once the sun sets here, the sun rises on the other side of the world, so Allah gives us sleep and rest, and then they do their servitude, then they go to sleep and rest, and we wake back up and do our servitude, and it's a nonstop worship session all around the world. <laughs> so, so that's, that's the significance of this place. So if you think about this, uh, um, um, Mecca, again, your Bible, not your Bible, but the Quran lets it be known that Mecca is the center of the world center of the world. So for Mecca, if you think in the sense of physics and ley lines, Mecca is the central power grid for the electrical grid for the whole wide entire world. So here, I'll show you this real quick. When you get this, let me know you got it. When everybody gets it, let me know you got it, please. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, if everybody got it, we will look at the side there. It says the proportion of distance between Mecca and the North Pole to so the distance between Mecca and South Pole is exactly... 1.618, which is the golden mean. Moreover, the portion of the distance between the South Pole and Mecca to the distance between the poles again is 1.618. Now, if you understand math or anything of that, that nature, 1.618 is what we call the golden ratio. And if you do your own research in the golden ratio, you'll find that the golden ratio is what they call the number of the, the imprint of God. Science is now admitting that this 1.618 is God's personal signature. Because when you study nature, you find that the golden ratio is in everything. I'm sending you a photo. Some of you all have seen this. Um... Some of you have not. Actually, I'm going to send you two photos. Here's the first one. So that you'll understand from mathematics what the golden ratio looks like when you do this. That is the golden ratio when you do it in the drawing of 1.618. But now when you look at nature, you see 1.618 in everything. So you see it in the universe, you see it in the flowers, you see it in the leaves, you see it in the storms, you see, you see it in the snail, you see it in everything. God's personal. Then I sent you a picture of the human body. I sent you a picture of a human body. 
And if you see the human body, the human body is imprinted with the golden ratio. So, again, scientists now call 1.618 the personal signature of the creator. If there's a creator, they say, he has personally let his signature be seen because it's not a coincidence that this 1.618 is being found in everything in nature. But what becomes interesting is, is when you look at the world from above and map it out with numbers, you get the Mecca. Mecca comes up to 1.618, which is the golden ratio. So the Mecca, therefore, would have to be the hub of everything. And this is why Allah says in the Quran that Mecca is the mother of all cities. So if you think about what I just explained to you about the heavenly house in the sky that you don't see with your physical eye, and the fact that Allah has everyone in the world who is following the religion of Abraham, not the religion of Muhammad, the religion of Abraham, because Muhammad only followed the religion of Abraham, everyone who follows the way of Abraham, meaning we submit to God and God alone, don't worship Jesus. We don't worship prophets. We don't worship the bishops. We don't worship apostles. We don't worship gifts. We don't worship five miracles and wonders. We worship God and God alone. We believe he can do miracles. We believe he sends apostles. We believe he calls people to ministry. But we do not worship these people nor put them next to God. There is no God worthy of worship but God. Amen. 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 So, um, so, mm, mm, mm. so, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I'm, 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 I'm just outdone by the golden ratio and the numbers. Mm-mm-mm. Because when you take those numbers and you know calculate them, it comes down to the number seven. So I'm just, I'm right. done. Right. Done. So, so, so when you go that deep with it, where you can bring it all back to seven. You'll start paying attention that this is not by chance. This is not by coincidence. But rather, this is by the the grace of our Lord. So, if you can imagine Mecca, why Mecca? Because that portal, and that's what I'm going to say just to make this make sense. The Kaaba that we see, the, the black and brick, the black and gold brick building is the marker of a portal that's open. And from that portal, the energy of God is pouring down into the earth, going through earth veins that we call ley lines. It's kind of like how I told you energy comes down into your, your crown chakra, goes down through your body, circulates back through. It's the same thing. Instead of it being an individual, the light of God, the energy of God is empowering the whole earth, but that is the entry point. And this is why the Middle East is such a hot spot right now for seeing UFOs and 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 all this other stuff. When you read the book of Enoch, why did the Anunnaki, as we call them today, the Jinn, whatever you want, why did they choose that location to land? Why did they take all the stargates to that location. What was so specific about Saudi Arabia that till this day we still are over there fighting over stuff? And when you understand what's really going on, there's stargates 
There's portals. There's openings that the elite want. And this technology is, yeah, that's going too deep. I won't go that far because we're about to wrap this up. But we'll come back to that part about portals later. But but you get what I'm saying here. This is why that location is chosen. It's not that we pray to the build, that building five times a day. That y'all know, what did she say, Mom? Y'all that group, they got that building that y'all pray to five times a day. Right. Mm-hmm. Again, a true submitter that I don't want to of Abraham, but again, and we worship the sun. Yeah, I mean, and we the worship moon the sun. The yeah. moon God. So, so a true believer in the religion of Abraham, meaning submission to God alone, would never bow to a building. We would never recognize a building as having any spiritual significance whatsoever. A location, yes. But to worship that building, no. That building is just a marker to remind us that's where the energy flow is coming from. So, again, it kind of goes back to my statement earlier when you have people who do this practice, but you never took time to research, why do we face the Kaaba? Why does God even recommend for us to go to the actual Kaaba at least once in our lifetime and actually uh, put our feet down on the very ground that it sits on? Why would God be so concerned about us putting our feet down on that soil? If you don't understand the deeper significance of it, you totally miss it. So if you can imagine the heavenly house with God's energy flowing down to the earthly building that you see, spreading out through the earth's veins. So no matter where you are in the world, God says, face the invaluable house. So when we start our prayer, we take off our shoes and we stand. First position in the prayer is standing. But again, if you don't understand that you're standing and that there are entry points to your chakra system in your feet, in your toes, all all down there, you totally miss why God says stand. It's not standing there just to stand there. I'm grounding. The energy coming from the ground is going up into me. So all this dirty stuff that the jinn have tried to do from the last prayer till now is all getting pushed out my system, and I'm getting infused with a new type of energy that's going to last me to the next prayer. So I'm grounded. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. That's all right. A certain so, type of shoes. Yes. That we yes. should be wearing because it blocks energy from being absorbed into our feet if we wear certain types of shoes. Mm-mm-mm. So so if you think about what I said from the first time we started at the beginning of Ramadan, prayer is a little bit deeper than just a religious function we do when you do it the proper way that God has explained it to us. But then somebody said, well, that's just too much. That's too much. Y'all getting into physics and electricity and why you got to get into all that? Why not just pray? And that's my question. Why just pray and you really don't know what you're doing it for? Again, there's a difference from the person who knows what they're doing versus the person who's just doing it because that's what they told us to do. My 
prayer time, select contact prayer, is me making contact with the very energy of God. Remember the first scripture we read, Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. Light meaning energy. It is a law that is infusing everything. And that time of contact prayer is for me to stick my finger in the socket and get a live jolt of the power of Allah into my earthly body. Unplug and then go back out into the world and serve mankind on behalf of Allah. And then once I use that fuel up, I go back and plug in again and get some more so that I can fight the devils, so that I can be a representative in the earth, so that I can establish the kingdom, not for me, but for him. But I can't do it on my own, so I have to have the power of God infused in me. This is why God is so adamant about telling us, stay to your prayer. It's not a, you're going to hell if you don't think, but it is good advice that if you want to be successful and overcome yourself, the devil, these nasty parasites, the wounds of the past, there is one thing that will take all that away, and that's the prayer. Go ahead, Sister Samaya. I was just going to say, um, which reinforces the idea that it is something that is prescribed for us. Amen. 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 And again, I say, there's a difference between your time of supplicating about your needs. Versus just going to perform the prayer so that you can unplug from the matrix and plug into the light for a minute. Mm -hmm. Then Mm -hmm. unplug from the light and then come back to the matrix and be the light in the midst of a dark reality. If you can imagine this, and I'll close with this. If you can imagine living in this world with no sun, it would be completely dark. And the only ones who have light are those who are plugged into the socket. So that would mean everybody else in darkness is trying to get to you because you got the light that can take them through the darkness. We are the lights of the world. Even Jesus said this, but we say it so religiously we don't get it. We are the salt of the earth. We are the lights of the world. Now, people say, well, I thought Jesus was the light of the world. He did. He came. He brought that energy. And he showed us how to tap into it. These signs and greater shall you do. So we are now the lights of the world in the midst of this darkness. Why are we the light? Because we represent the kingdom. I am here to represent the creator on his behalf. That's what a viceroy is. That's what a deputy is. That's what it means to have dominion. I'm not here to play games. I'm here to let my light shine. But if I keep my energy levels low, this light will never shine. So, again, it is important for us to get our clothes back. We've been walking around naked long enough. Get, put, put all the clothes back on, our light. Every bit of light that the devil has tried to take, take it back. Put your clothes back on. And when we put our clothes back on, we have nothing to be ashamed about from the in the time that we were naked. Because all that's done and over with. All that matters is we get our light back and we walk fully in that light. Amen. And amen. amen. All right. 
Amen. We'll end there today, and then we'll pick the rest of this up on Wednesday night. Inshallah. All right.